Happy Saturday evening, everybody. Uh, tonight we were scheduled to have Rhonda Baldwin Kennedy, and we also had another doctor. It was a conflict. Um, and so, and then an, another conflict on top of that. <laughs> so some changes, and uh, Rhonda Baldwin Kennedy is running for the congressional seat against uh, Congressmember Brownlee, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and then we're going to reschedule, uh, because tonight was kind of critical. A couple things have to be resolved, and we had a number of questions about uh, what the church was going to be facing on Monday. Uh, a lot of people were confused uh, as to if we were having a hearing, because the earlier statement was that we were supposed to have a hearing uh, this Monday, and uh, we're, you're going to hear from our attorney tonight, uh, Robert Tyler. So it was of critical nature. We have to reschedule everything. In addition, we've had a large response from candidates who want to be on the program as we're approaching uh, the election. So we're going to have to orchestrate that. Um, I'm hesitant to just dedicate uh, an entire mm -hmm. uh, session to each of the candidates because it would just be overwhelming. Uh, overwhelming. Yeah. So we're probably going to do two or three at a time uh, and work through that so that you'll get a chance to hear their positions. They'll be asked questions. And by the way, all candidates are welcome. Uh, doesn't matter about party affiliation. We want you to come out. And, and share. Uh, it's not going to be gotcha questions. We're not going to make you feel terrible. We just ask you simple questions and uh, your answers are your answers. Uh, you're you're going to be uh, amongst civil and kind people and we want to invite you out, all of you. Whether you're running for school board or city council, supervisory seat, although supervisors are, are uh, Linda Parks isn't up until uh, two years from now. So, uh, and there, there'll be some we want to try to keep it within the Conejo Valley area. Uh, we do have a number of candidates. Uh, Justin Shore is running for a city council seat in Goleta. And we've got some folks in Santa Clarita and things of that sort. We've got some planning to yeah, do to make we, this happen. But we really <laughs> want to focus primarily on the Conejo Valley right here for our local representatives and those who are seeking to represent us by our consent. And we want them to come in and we'll take questions from the audience. And uh, maybe I have to, I have to think through that. <laughs> we're flying by the seat Other of our words, pants. We're still working on it. Well, but, but when I, when I thought yeah. about it, people yeah. will be caustic yeah. in their questions. And yeah. I, I want to be real careful on that. Yeah. Okay. So I want to begin tonight. Uh, and and it, this is really important that you stick around because there's some critical information. We're not going to be long tonight. I, I've got a study for tomorrow. We've got three services scheduled, and then I have to be in Murrieta at the 412 Church in the evening. I'll be with Charlie, and that'll be our live stream tomorrow night. Um, big church there in uh, the Riverside area, and uh, it, 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 big turnout, so it's going to be exciting to see and be a part of, actually. So um, I got a number of calls this week, uh, as you may or may not recall, and if you didn't, uh, well, then we'll inform you now. <laughs> but I did say on this program that Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa was embracing Black Lives Matter. And that was a public statement on my part that I have to retract and apologize for. I am truly sorry to Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa for stating that. Uh, it was based on a uh, a video, I'll just show you the picture of the video that was sent to me and stated that it had been confirmed and I took it at face value. And then I'll, I'll show you how it transpired. So, uh, and I don't think we caused a lot of consternation. Uh, I think other pastors picked it up and Costa Mesa responded to it, but I do not want to be in the fray of this. So it all began with a video from uh, this lady right here. And she was talking about woke white pastors having worked at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa uh, and, and stated that there were 15 pastors who signed on and they, they were embracing Black Lives Matter. And, 
and then uh, it was corrected by this video uh, done by Jeff Geip and also Brian Broderson was on the broadcast and they stated that they do not support Black Lives Matter. Uh, and so I watched both and uh, based on their statement, um, I, I re I'm sorry, um, those things happen, but publicly I blew it, so publicly I'll resolve it. You know, to that point, we're at a 150, uh, um, 150 segments, yeah, 151 and segments. we've done a, a great job and we go back and back check our information. That's why we're up to nine doctors. So I appreciate that you're, we're correcting information and we will continue to do that every yeah. time. Well, unless Jesus Christ is running the show, we're going to make mistakes. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> but that one, that one, in all fairness to Pastor Brian, that one could have been resolved with a phone call. Yes. And uh, my bad. Okay. So, and I, I don't know if, he didn't know me from Adam, I don't think. And I don't know if I could have gotten through the layers of the onion, but I still should have tried. Yep. Um, and I did not. So, sorry, Pastor Brian. And I will say, however, that examining the papers uh, from Calvary Global Network and Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, there was an article. I don't know if we have a picture of it, uh, of the article, but um, it was uh, listed on their website, plagiarism. Uh, excuse me. Uh, oh, there it is. Here, here it is. Uh, Pelagian Racism Part 2, Will Preaching the Gospel Fix Systemic Racism? And it's by Benjamin Morrison, who's a pastor in the Ukraine. He's also, um, he's also been published in the Gospel Coalition. I read through that article, and I wholly disagree with it. And the, the justification is when you look at uh, Pelagian theory and you also look at Augustinian, Augustine wrote City of God, City of Man. He's using uh, Pelagian idea that, that uh, he believes man can obtain the sinlessness, a sinless perfection, but he's using that to say, you know, racism is systemic. But when you contrast that with Augustine, City of God, City of Man, the idea is we can infuse a culture to remove the systemic aspect. Uh, yes, granted, everyone is sinful, uh, but sin becomes the exception, not the rule. Uh, and, and the idea that you can use the political process to improve a community. And in the same breath, as I was listening to Pastor Brian speak, there, there's almost a struggle or frustration with politics. And I get that because it seems to be in common practice or, or the mindset of most pastors across the country. But in all, in all reality, you're dealing with politics in your church. You're dealing in politics. I mean, Calvary Global Network, uh, Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, and then Calvary Chapel Association, that's a political fallout. That, that's, that's not getting along. And politics, as Aristotle said, is the highest form of community. It, it includes morality and sociability. How do we get along? And if you, you're trying to resolve it at the church level, let alone at the national level, or, or the state level, or the county level, or the city level, uh, this is politics. And, and we want to avoid it as pastors. We don't like the idea of being political. We, we're peacemakers. And that, that strikes me as Pastor Brian's heart. He, he really wants to be a peacemaker. But in the same regard, you have to contend, and you, 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 the idea of Galatians 3, that the law, antinomialism, this idea that the law doesn't have a place in culture, it does. And we're contending in the public square, the ecclesia, for those legitimate laws that will allow us these things. And, 
and to embrace and, and use the argument that you saw in the article with Morrison, he, he, he the right away jumps out of the gate with this idea of materialism being a systemic sin within American uh, America. And, and you see the contrast, and this is what I've been seeing with the Gospel Coalition, that it's a subtle embrace. Mm-hmm. Whether they intend it or not, there's a subtle embrace of Marxism in relation to that. And I'd be happy to have that conversation with Benjamin. I'd be happy to have that conversation with Pastor Brian, Pastor Benjamin, with any of the folks there, because it is critical in our nation right now. It, it seems to me that with the latest that just came out uh, with the governor, uh, we have churches that are still closed. And, and I saw Pastor Brian's heart that you know, he, he basically said, if you're not opening, uh, another group of, of churches that are opening are almost saying that, that they're heretics. I've never said that on the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the contrary, I've embraced the pastors locally that haven't opened as we have, knowing that the, the body of Christ is a multifaceted diamond. But there can't be a passive-aggressive approach to it. We're, we're doing what we're doing. We're not evil. You're doing what you're doing. We're all trying to figure this out. So um, interesting that the governor... And, and we're pastors who, who don't, don't want to, um, who don't want to make a political are being forced to make a political because right. the governor's latest, if you could share, cause I want to yeah. bring Bob Tyler on. Yeah. It just, it just came out. I think it was yesterday and he has four different levels. They're color coded, purple, red, orange, yellow, but we're in Ventura County at purple, which basically means we're supposed to be outside. The next one goes to what we had before, 100 or 25%. We're not even there yet. Yeah, we're we're not even there yet. And there's a, the the key thing is there's a a gap in between each phase. Of three weeks. Uh, I I think it's of three weeks. I want to verify it. But so when you get all the way to yellow, you're at 50% or 200. So they're. That's not even to full open. And that takes us into the winter months, rainy yeah. season. I mean, this is, this is just, yeah. and, and we're in a county where we've, we just fulfilled almost all six of those boxes. And then he moves the goalpost again. Exactly. And so every pastor is scrambling to try to figure this out. And this is politics. Yeah. This is what we're dealing with. Our people yeah. want the fellowship. And critical is that we, we have to be aware of what we're facing. And so by the narrative and pushing in the public square, the ecclesia, pushing towards that assembly and infusing ourselves in focusing on what is true, take a look at this. This happened today quietly, the CDC. This week, the CDC quietly updated the COVID numbers to admit that only 6% of all the 153,504 deaths recorded actually died from COVID. That's 9,210 deaths. The other 94% had two to three other serious illnesses, and the overwhelming majority were of very advanced age. And, and as we pointed out, and I was talking with our attorney, he was wondering if our narrative and what we shared under oath uh, was being picked up by the press. Well, God bless the Ventura County star, Tom mm-hmm. Kiskin. Take a look at this article. What you should know about COVID-19 death calculations and comorbidities in Ventura County, they took up the cause and they did a great article and Tom did his homework. Yeah. And, and now it's, it's being exposed, but it required us having to contend for that. And that's contending for truth. That's political. Yeah. Morality and sociability, the, these laws, and anyone says you can't, you, can't, uh, you can't legislate morality, every law is based on morality, yeah. somebody's, yeah. and worldview, and we're contending for truth. So um, I, I, I'm, I apologize yeah. to Pastor Broderson, 
But in the same breath, I also want to say, Pastor Burson, we're not in a bad spot here contending for our community. And I know you desire the same. We're approaching it from different aspects. But in the same regard, don't dismiss us because we've stepped into the political fray. This is a world I know a little bit about, and I'd, I'd love to have you on the show and have a conversation with you. Uh, even, you know, uh, Pastor Benjamin, I know he's probably in the Ukraine, but I'd certainly love to discuss yeah. his article and go through that. If you lump all this information together, this Ventura County article only came out 12 hours ago. And it's referring to there's only two deaths. It's a long article worth reading. Your CDC number is saying, so everything's getting better, but the goalposts just changed with that new. So yeah, And the goalposts changing are even worse than what the last one was. Right. So to your point, pastors are going to have to make decisions because we're talking maybe three months, four months. Long, until yeah. You, yeah. We'll, we'll be in a the long winter months, time. rainy season. Yeah. So uh, you it, have to make the decision. They're, they're going to force us yeah. into that place. All right. Now, uh, I want to get to our attorney to resolve some questions that people have been asking. Give us an update. Uh, and then at the end of his time together, if he uh, wants us to, we'll, we'll show a video that he did. It's 10 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll, I'll get back to studying and getting ready for tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, I think we're ready. So uh, our attorney, Robert Tyler. Hey, buddy. Hey there. I am glad to see you in a baseball cap and a t-shirt because you work hard and you need a day off and I'm still pestering you. Well, and you, you told me you'd be wearing a baseball cap tonight. I couldn't, I couldn't find one. I, I honestly, I couldn't find one. My bad. Oh. So I, I would have, I would have prepared a little better had you give me more notice. <laughs> you know, at least Ventura County gave me a, a more notice to at least put a suit and tie on before they sought a restraining order against you. And, and I didn't have time to change my shirt. I don't feel sorry for you because I've been your client for a while and you know how I roll. Yeah. And I guess this is what you get for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, pro bono is a, a really big word to say free. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are, we are so blessed by you, and I, I know there's a number of questions out there. Uh, the question was, are we going, am, am I going to court on Monday? The answer is no, but if you want to share with everyone the timeline, especially after the last hearing, uh, any updates that you can give folks so they know where we are as far as God speak is concerned and the county and all that we're up against. Well, we've got a lot. We actually have a lot to share. I know you want to make this quick, so I'll do no, my no, best no. to make it quick. No, no, no. Take your time. Take your time. I, 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 I don't have to be anywhere but studying, and they're used to me staying up all night anyway. So, <laughs> so okay. Um, well, I, I'm sure, you know, you, you mentioned, you, you addressed the fact that we had that uh, hearing on the contempt motion, and, uh, you know... It went pretty well, uh, you know. As far as I was concerned, as long as you weren't put in jail, we we won, and uh, and actually we might have won even more had you been put in jail. Come to think of it, because uh, what a what a publicity issue that would have been, and you know it would have been such a I think a black eye uh, to this state. But um, after that hearing, uh, you know, I was expecting this week that we would have. Uh, another motion for contempt after you had services on Sunday, and that hasn't happened. Um, I, I want to tell you that since you stood up um, this last week, I've had uh, I've had I don't know two to three phone calls from Christian schools and churches every day, mm. uh, calling with uh, saying that uh, they've either they're opening, they've received uh, letters of their own from their counties. Uh, cease and desist notices, 
uh, there has been a almost as though the county health directors throughout the state got together and all agreed that it's time to start enforcing uh, these rules against these churches and these Christian schools. So with regard to with regard to Godspeak, uh, here's where we're at now is uh, the the hearing on the what's called the preliminary injunction. Right now, they issued a temporary restraining order that orders the church not to meet. Um, and then that is pending a hearing on what's called a preliminary injunction. The preliminary injunction hearing is going to be at the end of September. Don't hold me to this exact date, but I believe it's September 28th. And uh, we will be going in front of the judge and uh, addressing the evidence. We're going to be in front of Judge O'Neill, who heard the contempt hearing. And I just want to say one of the things, Rob, that uh, went so well was I think when you were willing to stand up on the witness stand and testify at that contempt hearing and, and explain why, why you're meeting, I think it was very effective and important for all of the reporters that were there to hear uh, why the church is essential for the emotional and spiritual health of the community. It was absolutely amazing. And I think that message is getting across nationwide now. Now, uh, we'll have this hearing on this preliminary injunction, and that that's basically another hearing where their goal is to say, church, you can't, you can't violate the orders. You have to stop meeting. Well, they already got that order. And, um, you know, church, you're still meeting. And, and I don't, I don't want to say that flippantly. I've never had a client uh, who has violated a restraining order. Uh, I, I don't rarely have clients that have restraining orders issued against them. Uh, but, you know, in various contexts, I, I really haven't seen that. But this is that one context where I look at it and say, this is, this is not about money. It's not about, you know, people upset with each other or anything like this is about a very important spiritual battle between good and evil. I just have to say that. And what I'm seeing across this state and across the nation is this evil battle to suppress and silence churches and to frankly put out of business churches and Christian schools all over the state. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's the status. So after that, when we, we'll be filing some uh, pleadings. We have a bunch of expert witnesses that we have gathered together. I'm going to be asking the court to put this on trial where we can have expert witnesses presented and they can give their, their testimony, their expertise. We have epidemiologists. We have public health officers. We have Dr. Kelly Victory. Yep. Uh, we, have, we have other individuals that are just fantastic um, that will testify uh, on behalf of the church, we have these individuals that will be able to come show all the information that you've been sharing. And uh, throughout these 151st, uh, 53 episodes, I'm not sure which one I am. 151. 151. <laughs> and, 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 so, and, and wait, 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 wait. Technically? The, the lakeside counts as one. Technically, <laughs> you're really 150 because we were supposed yes. to have Madison Cawthorn uh, yeah. last night. And he had to cancel, uh, and so we we ran the one that we were saying was 151, and it, yeah. So you're 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 you're, you're, you're 150. You're 150. <laughs> All right, that feels good. Yeah. Hey Bob, I had a quick question. So, 
So the church has gone down. You did all this work. It's awesome. And the, for violating the, the, um, constra- uh, the restraining, restraining order, it's 500. Rob's here, everything. If another church was to go down that path in Ventura County, would they get the same punishment? Or is it possible to go in front of another judge that might up it or less it? Or how would that work? All of those are a possibility. Okay. Should another should another church in Ventura County uh, do something? Okay. Um, you know, I, I can tell you up in um, Calvary Chapel, San um, San Jose, San Jose. You know, Mike McClure. Yep. Pastor mm-hmm. Mike, we're, we're representing them. They got a five thousand dollar fine. Mm-hmm. Not only the have they been meeting indoors, they uh, opened their uh, school, and and so. What their, their situation is, is the county, instead of filing a lawsuit and seeking a restraining order, just threw out $5,000 fine on them. Now, mm. I think eventually they're going to do that. I've got other churches there in Santa, Santa Clara County and schools who are going to be opening and doing the same thing. Right. Um, it, it, this is happening all across the state. L.A. Mm. County, Calvary Chapel Downey, um, you know, Pastor Jeff Johnson out there. He's, you know, we actually met with a supervisor. The supervisor came into his office uh, and we're sitting there with the supervisor. The, the, this is the county board of supervisors for that district. And Pastor Jeff Johnson uh, says, look, you're, we're going to meet indoors. And if it means you put me in jail, then you put me in jail. You know, the courage from, from other pastors that are stepping out just like you. And you, I've told a number of people that, you know, Godspeak Calvary Chapel is at the tip of the spear. And what's awesome about the tip of this spear, you know, it's it's not just it's not made of, uh, you know, some flaky uh, rock. This is this is a strong church, strong pastor. You guys are you guys are wonderful. And and you have that courage and it leads to more courage for others across the state. And and by the way, uh, if I may uh, digress a little bit and share something else, which I think is really encouraging. And Rob, we haven't, I haven't even talked to you about this. I've been meaning to call you. Uh, this has been an extremely busy, busy week. Last Friday night, we filed a lawsuit. Um, it's co- actually called a writ petition in the, in the California Supreme Court. Yeah. Direct, directly in the Supreme Court. We filed it on behalf of a coalition of private Christian schools. Yep. And, we, and, and that was one petition. We filed a second petition on behalf of the Orange County Board of Education, a charter school, and some individual parents. The, the, the basis behind that is that it is a violation of California's Equal Protection Clause under the California Constitution for, uh, for education not to be distributed equally to, to students. And we all know that there are so many students falling through the cracks because they, there's, they've got a mom, you know, there's no dad in the picture and maybe mom's working to put food on the table and no one's home to help them get online or, or you know, situations where the poor cannot, cannot afford the computers and the technology right. and not to mention the disabled students that yeah. have a variety of different plans like independent, you know, there's all sorts of issues. So we filed this lawsuit in the, directly in the California Supreme Court. We skipped the trial court. We skipped the court of appeal. And we went directly to the California Supreme Court, and it's discretionary. They didn't have to take the case. Right. And the following Monday, they took up that case. I shouldn't say they officially took it up. What they did is they ordered the governor to file an opposition. 
which is essentially saying, hey, we find this, this claim to be very serious, and we want you to come to us and answer the question. Why is it that, that you have these school closed? Why, are you not, why should we not find that you're violating the Constitution of California? And so uh, we are filing our reply brief on Tuesday, and I suspect sometime Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, we're going to get a ruling from the California Supreme Court. One of our arguments is that the governor's underlying authority is unconstitutional, that it violates the Constitution because it's unbridled and it's indefinite. Those are, those are two principles that violate the very foundations of our democracy. Exactly. Uh, the governing authority should not have that authority. So, Didn't, you know, didn't he the, have to reply by this last Friday? Yeah, he replied last Friday. So okay. I've got... You know, I've got binders and mm. we're going through all of this. Now, here's the thing is that, you know, when we 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 started working on this right after the contempt hearing and began preparing and we filed on Friday. And what's really significant about this is that what's at stake is the issue of the governor's authority in the first place. Does he even have authority to be issuing these shutdowns like he is? Um, is the is the underlying law unconstitutional and unconstitutional not just because it violates basic equal protection principles but is it unconstitutional because it gives them too much authority and discretion which I think that's really where we're, that's that's my favorite right there if we win this case and, and the and the Supreme Court rules in our favor um, as early as Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, we could find a big shift here in the state of California. I was suspecting that the governor was going to, you know, back down last uh, on Friday. He doubled that he was going to try try to moot out our entire case. Right. That's not what happened. Um, but what? Here's another interest. Another interesting backstory. You know, uh, in 2004, when the mayor of San Francisco was issuing same-sex marriage licenses, who was that? <laughs> Gavin Newsom. Yep. Yep. Um, and I was the lawyer that was first there to San Francisco where we were getting a restraining order against him and we were fighting through the courts and couldn't get it. So um, I developed this scheme to go straight to the California Supreme Court with uh, some other lawyers and we kind of collaborated and said, let's do this. And we went and we used this writ procedure that we're using today. I haven't used it since 2004 when we went to the Supreme Court against Mayor Gavin Newsom then, we won. We put a stop to the same-sex marriages at the time because he was violating Proposition 22. And all those marriages were de declared invalid. And I, I, I began to think, well, you know, we're fighting Newsom again. Now he's the governor. Let's, let's go back to the Supreme Court. Let's see if we can get two for two. Lord willing. Now, if, it's a big issue, though. If, if, you, if you had lost that because you didn't start at a lower court and you went straight to the top, had you lost that, you would have lost the opportunity to, to go up through the appeals process, et cetera, that it would have just been null and void? Is that similar? Well, uh, yes, but here's, here's what I'm inclined to believe. And, you know, you'll have different, different constitutional scholars who say different things, but the fact that the California Supreme Court took up the case in the first place leads me to believe that um, normally, what they do, normally what they do is they'll just send a letter back that says, your writ petition is denied. Just nothing, no, nothing further. They don't ask the governor to respond. They don't ask the opposing party to respond. It's just flat out denied. Here, the uh, court 
uh, ordered the governor very quickly over the weekend, uh, you know, come Monday, ordered the governor to file his response within four days. Jeez. That leads me to believe that they find this to be valid. You know, we have a very serious, valid claim. And the governor's got to answer for it. And so we've got I think we've got a really good shot. How, how about uh, the, the latest, you know, categories? It, the, the governor's now moved the goalposts. He's taken the authority out of the hands of the county. He's moved it to the state level. We, were, we, we had fulfilled five of the six boxes. Even the six box we hadn't fulfilled basically was just semantics because if you had lowered the number of testings to, to the appropriate level by the state, we would have had less positive cases. But all the critical components, death rate, hospitalizations, all those are, are just down. And, yeah. and right when we're about to resolve it, he just moves the goalpost, comes and, and usurps it at the state level, takes it out of the county's hands. And now the church itself is still categorized in the furthest area. It's not considered essential. Everything else yeah. is opening before the church. And if we follow this pattern and they look at Ventura County as purple, like we're, we're right. severely troubled, yeah. which is crazy to me. And they're going to, yeah. they're, they're going to put the church over here. It's going to take us into November before we're even at 50% capacity. And that's into the winter months. And where does, how, how do you justify this? Is, is that something you've been looking at? Yeah. You know, it plays right into our hands, to be honest. It plays into our argument at the California Supreme Court that here the governor, we, we're saying that it is the reason why his, his authority is unlawful and unconstitutional is because he violates the very basic principles that no, no single individual should have dictatorial authority where their authority is unbridled, yep. meaning it's, they, they can do whatever they want without anybody preventing them from doing so. And it's for an indefinite period of time. Mm -hmm. And so he just proved the problem with the authority that he has that he can move the goalposts. He can mm -hmm. change the rules whenever it doesn't suit him. And so he changes it from 14 to 21 days. And now we're all in this new new plan. And, and so and he, he hides behind this whole concept of, ah, this is this is for your health. Right. This is for your good. And, it, and it's just nothing but, frankly, evil, in my opinion. Yep. Um, and and I, so, look, I look at, our, I, I look at our, our, our sister churches in the Conejo. You know, we, we stepped in May, May 31st. What is that? Is that, is that light and thunder? What was that, a car, <laughs> truck? Was oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I am in my backyard. I apologize. No, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was raining there. No, um, but, but, but we opened May 31st, no cases. We've been through this. We, we sat in the court. We, we shared with everyone. But you got folks that, you know, all the pastors in our community are, are peacemakers. And, and I'm, I am too. I just, I have a little more experience with government than they do. And I understand that they'll take everything we're willing to give them. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm contending on their behalf. I don't, I don't fault them. I, I, I don't discredit them. They're my brothers. And I, I love these fellowships, and we're unified, different facets of the same diamond. But here, take, for example, our, our, our fellow church, our, our, our sister church, Calvary Community, that has done everything in their ability, including First Christian Church with, with uh, Ken Lamont. And they've been meeting outside. They've been playing by the rules, separating mass a whole bit. And, and they're getting to the point where we're going to get to go back inside soon, and then the whole goal, goal, goal post changes. 
it doesn't mm-hmm. look like they're going to be even remotely close. And Calvary Community, they won't even get to 50% until November or December, if not longer. It's, it's unconscionable. It's just, it, it's so cruel. And it's destroying. I mean, we're, we're going to lose. There, there's two churches on the brink that used to be vibrant, healthy churches. They're on the brink of closure right now in the Conejo as a result of the governor's actions. Sure. Yeah, and I, I think that to some degree, I, I think that is, that's their goal. Yep. You know, I think it's the union's goal to shut down private schools. Yep. That, that private Christian schools who provide an alternative, I think it's their goal to shut them down, to force them to close because uh, they cannot, they won't be able to continue to afford to, to keep a viable operation. We're just waiting. Uh, meanwhile, you know, the public schools, they, all their employees are still being paid full time and their schools are, you know, there's no debt on them. The schools are, are held by the, by the government and uh, they don't have any worries. I really think that there is this, this evil aspect to what is happening right now. And I think the California Teachers Union is having a ton of uh, influence over the governor. Uh, and just those, you know, I'm not sure who's in the governor's office, but um, it is, it's, I really believe it's evil. I don't think, I can't really yeah. say that. I can't, people ask me, and sometimes I'm just speechless. I don't really have an answer other than to say, I think there's a huge spiritual battle here. Yeah. 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 Well, I, is there anything else that we need to know about or anything else you want to share? Uh, the, the, we, we've got the hearing date scheduled for the end of September. Um, they may bring us back into court for a violation of the restraining order. It doesn't seem as though they were prepared to do that this week. Maybe uh, we didn't see any investigators or anything along those lines. In the video that we're going to show at the conclusion of our time together tonight, do you talk about the three investigators that we... <laughs> yes. So, so in this video, I'll just, I'll set it up. You are going to hear, we've got, I, I put the declarations together. This, this is, this got me so bothered. And, you know, the, the backstory behind this is that a couple from your church um, were just awesome. And they, they happened to be, they came in, um, I forget which date it is. I think it was a two, two, three weeks ago. They were there the first the first time that these uh, investigators came or these code enforcement people, uh, they came and they were in their car and uh, they got pictures of them. And then they came the next Sunday and got the pictures of the next, the next two. And they sent them to me. And we used that as a foundation to show the hypocrisy of, of what is happening here. And I had hoped that all, all the media that was there in that courtroom, I had hoped that they would have, they would have picked up on it and, 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 and showed how hypocritical this is when the people who are supposed to be enforcing the rules don't have to obey them themselves and they have no answer. Remember, they, they talked about uh, when I asked why the rules don't apply to them. And uh, I think all three of the two that testified at trial said, well, we're part of a cohort. <laughs> and I said, remember, like, what's a cohort? Yeah. What Can we be a cohort? Somehow? Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, so that video it shares it, and I think uh, Rob, uh, here's what I would love: uh, the video is on our Facebook page. It is um, is about ten minutes long or so, and I would encourage you and everybody in your church, everybody who's listening to this, if you care, 
get take that video and share it on whatever platform you can. I, I would I would appreciate it. it. You know, it's not that we want to build uh, you know all these followers or whatever, but this message has to get out. Yeah. I was hoping the media would have picked up on it and and blasted it everywhere. But this has to be shown the hypocrisy because we were talking before. You know, you've talked over and over uh, on uh, on these shows where Black Lives Matter somehow there's an exemption to uh, people who they don't have to wear masks, they don't have to socially distance, they can be outside, they can gather, they can chant, they can do whatever they want to do as long as it's because they're there in support of Black Lives Matter. Um, but you know, God forbid, it's a church. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's hypocritical. But this time, you know, the enforcers of the rules are, are absolute hypocrites themselves. And uh, you'll see it. You'll see the pictures that, that we have as well. So, yeah, you know, our 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 local media, uh, and when I say local, I mean as local as you can get, um, didn't cover it. Now, Citizens Journal did, bless their heart. Uh, they're, but they're not a print publication. They're online. But the print publication didn't. And there's another local paper that I think this week it came out. I, I think they covered it. But it, I, I just, I, I, they were there covering. They didn't, they didn't say anything about those numbers. They're complicit. But to the credit of the Ventura County Star, they're coming around. Uh, we're, we're seeing some articles really dealing with the numbers. But our mm-hmm. local paper, I mean, you look at this and do your homework and be an investigative journalist instead of just complying to the loudest voices and, and following the narrative, even though the data that took us a nanosecond to find out, I mean, really, we're, 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 I, you're kind of busy and I'm kind of busy, and we still found the data like that. that that's, that's frustrating to me. And, and that's at the local level. Forget about, you know, all, all the, the news channels uh, across the country that, that have, you know, a, a national audience. I'm talking about in your, your local community where you shop with these people and you have a vested interest in their well-being and you know yeah. the data and you don't report it. I, I, I yeah. just can't process that. It's absolute uh, uh, malpractice on the part of the media. Absolute malpractice. And yeah. yeah. Well, I, uh, I, my question for you, Rob, and I've never asked you this question, <laughs> but what happens when for both of you guys, David, what happens when, if if the courts don't rule in our favor, if the courts come back and they they allow the governor to just continue this unbridled authority, and you know with all that we're doing, um, yeah, I don't know whether we're going to win. We're doing our best as lawyers. We don't have many other people doing what we're doing to try to put push back like this. But at some point in time, I think. You know, God forbid, uh, you know, we have one one young man who who had his own AR-15 there in uh, in Wisconsin running on the streets. They're out there. They're protecting their own businesses with guns. And two people got shot and killed. I just don't know. I mean, at some point in time, are we going to be finding ourselves where, you know, we are this becomes more than just a legal battle? Yeah, that. So the the answer to your question is that. Uh, it says in Corinthians, run in such a way as to win. So we're going to do everything in our ability. We've got the best attorney. We're, we've got, you know, the best witnesses. We're going to do the best we can. But I didn't enter in to win. I will run in such a way as to win. But this is what we're called to do, win or lose. The, the, it, it's, it's never been about 
notoriety. It's not about any of that. And, and we've already counted the cost. You already know that. I already told you that from day one. I'm not worried about any of that. This, this, is, this is our responsibility before God, period. And this, isn't, this is loving our neighbor. We are contending for liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We're contending for the forgotten ones. We're contending for everyone we listed in that time in the court. And, and I think people are awakening to that. And, and we're just going to keep pushing. So the answer real simply is, honestly, Bob, I don't care. I'll add the one thing is that during this last four months of being on here, God has blessed us with incredible guests that have given us incredible information. God's blessed us with you. God's even blessed us with that couple. I talked to the couple that took the pictures. They had to move their van because there wasn't a parking spot. I can't remember the whole story, but they were led over there. So God has blessed us with all that's gone on. And those to me are reminders that we're doing the right fight, as Rob just said. So that to me, God keeps us keeps giving us signs that we're on the right path. Win, win or lose, we're faithful. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, it, it, you're, it's getting dark there, and uh, you're getting As creepy you looking. <laughs> so I've got my, my, my camera on my phone. I have the light on, yeah. but I was worried. I didn't have a light here to turn on, so I'm sorry. You're looking yeah. like Bella Lugosi, so we gotta, <laughs> we got to get to the video where you look really, you know, you're in the suit and the whole bit. But yeah. we'll show yeah, the video right now, and then there'll be a link on, on our live stream for that. But, Bob, thank you for everything, and thank you for serving us faithfully. And uh, faith-freedom dot com if you want to support that that big word uh pro bono which means free but nothing's free and you never ask for money i don't ever ask for money but i'm going to ask for money on your behalf if anyone uh wants to support a worthy cause you're not just defending us you're defending countless people up and down the state and uh you have a problem you never can say no uh and you're always giving so uh folks support this precious man and and uh, all the work they do. So thanks, Thankfully, Bob. Thankfully, we got a we got a team behind us. Yeah, uh, you do. A team of lawyers right now. We got five lawyers working on the briefing. So, well, thank you. Tell them all well, thank you. Your tell them all thank you uh, on our behalf and and those that they support up and down the state. And we pray for you constantly. And people across the country are praying for you. And you're my brother, and I love you, and you rock. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. All right, buddy. Bless you. See you soon. Uh, so, should we show the video? It's ten minutes long. I'm good with showing it because we'll disperse it. Yeah. I, I was going to say, you were going to say, he's defending people up and down the state. He's defending across the whole country because where California goes, the rest of the yeah. country so goes. Goes so goes the nation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, it's up to you, though. Yeah, I, I'm going to show good. the video. It's, it's 743 now. It'll take us to uh, 753, and then we'll, we'll sign off with a prayer and um, the blessing, and that'll be perfect. So. This is the video that uh, Bob Tyler wanted you to watch. I, I, I hopefully they don't try to take us down because sometimes YouTube does that. If we start to see a caution, we'll cut the video so they don't, you know, censor our deal. But take a look at the video. Uh, this is Bob Tyler, and get this out across Hi, the country. Uh, friends and supporters, uh, we have some wonderful information you're not going to want to miss. Uh, I'm Robert Tyler with uh, Advocates for Faith and Freedom, and also the law firm of Tyler and Birch. Uh, I want to bring you up to speed on some of the litigation that we've been filing uh, in regard to the churches. And let's first, let's talk about our, our case with Godspeak Calvary Chapel, Pastor Rob McCoy. Last Friday, we were in court where uh, the county of Ventura were seeking 
and a contempt order against Pastor Rob McCoy. Now, they got $3,000 uh, in contempt uh, sanctions against Pastor Rob McCoy, actually not against him individually, but against the church. And it's amazing how the church steps up and so many people just come forward and with those funds because it's so important for churches to be able to meet in person, to meet the needs of the people. You know, right now we're dealing with suicide, alcoholism, drug abuse, and so many issues that are arising because of COVID-19, because of unemployment, because of the shutdown. And, and so we're fighting back. And Pastor Rob McCoy and Godspeak Calvary Chapel are taking a stand, along with some other churches I'll tell you about here in a second. Let me tell you what the county uh, wanted to do. The county of Ventura first asked, in their proposed order, they asked that the sheriff of Ventura County be directed to immediately take all actions reasonable and necessary to close the property to prevent further indoor worship services. Guys, this is unprecedented. A county coming and asking the sheriff to come shut down a church, to close its doors. This has not happened before. It shouldn't happen ever. Uh, it should never happen, and it should never happen where we have a county asking for that to occur again. Here's uh, what happened in the hearing last Friday. You see, they the county sent out these code compliance officers. They're... Uh, they're basically these individuals who come along to try to find out what the church is doing wrong because the church was meeting in person and so they wanted to come find violations of the orders issued by the governor and issued by the local health official. I'm going to read to you uh, and it's here on the screen right behind me what some of these officials wrote in their declaration to support why why the church should be sanctioned and closed. Here's what they wrote. I observed people congregate in small groups of four to ten people throughout the parking lot. Many of them expressed that it was nice to see you again, or we haven't seen you in months, indicating that they were not from the same household. Many of these groups embraced, shaking hands, hugging and kissing each other on the cheek. Folks, you know, in most circumstances, we would look at this and say, what a wonderful thing. People coming together in community, loving on one another, being able to see each other again after a long shutdown. Yet instead, we have county officials coming in using this to try to shut down the church. Now, what's even more ironic about this whole thing is this. Look at this individual right here. This, this is a picture of an individual who you may not be able to see it as well, as I can see it, but we use this evidence to show that this is the director of the code compliance division in the county, and he's sitting in a car. There's another individual off, off screen here who's sitting in the passenger seat. He's in the driver's seat. There is no mask. He's not wearing a mask, yet he is there to specifically spy on people to report them for not wearing masks. It's, the, it's, it's absolute hypocrisy. Here's what he wrote in his declaration. There were no face masks being worn by these groups of individuals. Throughout the entirety of my observations, I would estimate that one in 50 individuals was wearing a mask or a facial covering. He doesn't say in his declaration that, by the way, I wasn't wearing one. He just talks about the fact that all of these people are in violation of this ordinance. Now, when I, when I presented this information to him, I presented this picture to him on the witness stand, and I asked him, why in the world is it okay for you to sit in a car with another person and not wear a mask? And, and that person's not part of your family. 
You know what his, his answer was? He said something to the effect of, well, you know, I've known this other individual, this other individual in the code compliance division, and we work in a cohort. And I said, so somehow being in a cohort makes it legitimate? How about if we set up a cohort of churches? Does that cohort of individuals going to church, does that somehow make it different? So that, that the church members won't have to apply uh, this mask situation or have to be socially distant. And, of course, they had no answers for it. But it's, it's the height of hypocrisy when those officials who are coming and spying on the church are doing the very same thing that they are complaining of to a court to try to close the church down. It's so significant. Here's two individuals also. See, there were two Sundays that, that these spies came in to look at the church. The first set of spies came, and here they are. Uh, they're in this vehicle, and you can see... A man and a woman. Now, it might be a little harder for you to see, but here's a man who has a face mask hanging from his ear. It's not over his mouth, sitting in a car, almost shoulder to shoulder. And here's a woman with her camera taking pictures of individuals who are not wearing masks. Is she wearing a mask? She's not wearing a mask. Yet at the same time, here they are. They're, they're trying to point out to the church or to, to the court that these church members are not wearing masks and they're not socially distanced. Again, the height of hypocrisy. And, and here's another individual. This, this is one of the individuals in the last picture. He gets out of his car and you can see his mask hanging down from his cheek. I actually asked this individual, I said, well, of course, when, when you stepped out of the car at times, you would have been wearing your face mask, right? And he said, oh, yes, of course. And then I, I hand him this picture. And I said, who's that in the picture? And uh, he's like, uh, it's me. Well, it's ridiculous. Our whole point at this, at this hearing on the contempt motion was to show the hypocrisy. Now, that doesn't necessarily free the, the church from the charges for contempt, but our goal was to get this message out. Now, unfortunately, the media didn't cover it. I, I haven't seen media where they're talking about the hypocrisy here, and I wish they would, so that's one reason why I wanted to get this out is to show these things. Let's talk about Calvary Chapel Downey now. Same thing. This time, they weren't spies. They didn't come hiding in cars. Uh, this time, they came, and they actually went to uh, one of the pastors, an assistant pastor, who actually walked them around the church uh, on Sunday. Now, here's what, here's what they complained about. They gave them a notice of, of investigation, and here are the issues that, that Calvary Chapel is being uh, told that they're doing wrong. And it's the citation, and we expect that the next thing the County of Los Angeles is going to be doing is probably find a lawsuit. Now, here's what was said. Cars park next to one another. This is a violation. Somehow, you can park next to one another at Costco or the grocery store or anywhere else, but when you go to church... You can't park next to one another. Uh, again, here's, here's what their code compliance uh, division people said. Uh, what, what's so wrong with the church? They see visitors engaging in handshakes and hugs in at least three occasions. Now, this is just astonishing that they would even write this. Here, this is the funniest thing I can imagine. Uh, uh, here they come and they're investigating and the pastor's walking the county officials around the church. And here's what, they, here's what they wrote in their report for violations. Observe the pastor conducting the walkthrough during complaint investigation wearing an ill-fitted loose mask that did not cover his nose much of the time and required frequent readjustment. Really, 
they're they're going they're coming and they're citing the church for violating this mask rule because it was an ill-fitted or loose mask. Come on. Folks, this is this whole circumstance that we're in the middle of right now, COVID-19 and the shutdown is absolutely erroneous. You have hypocrites who are enforcing the rules. You have Governor Gavin Newsom who's out there walking with BLM individuals or in pictures with them, masked down. You have the mayor of Los Angeles, you know, out there with, with the BLM protesters with thousands of people on the street. But God forbid you attend a church and, and, and even wearing a mask it's ill-fitting. This is just ridiculous. The last case, Calvary Chapel, San Jose. We have others I can tell you about, but this one I want to tell you about. We just got notice yesterday. Uh, they've been meeting in person. Fine $5,000 from the county of Santa Clara. They're up in the city of San Jose, Calvary Chapel, San Jose, and fined $5,000. So we are now strategizing exactly what we're going to be doing. So we're likely going to be turning around, filing cross-complaint against the county of Santa Clara. We're going to be filing a cross-complaint against the county of Ventura. Uh, we will likely be filing a, a complaint against the uh, county of Los Angeles as well. So uh, these are just some of the churches. We have another church in Fresno with Pastor Jim Franklin and, and, and elsewhere. Folks, the, the battle is raging and you need to stand up and you need to put pressure on the governor. Uh, I'm going to be presenting um, sometime later this week. I'm going to present all sorts of facts and details from experts with regard to why uh, it is completely erroneous that we are shut down at this point in time and especially shutting down churches. So watch for that. Um, also, I have some great news uh, that will follow this video with regard to public schools and Christian schools. God bless you and thanks for your support. Good video. So. I, I've watched his other videos. It's worth going to his website, not only number one, to support him, but number two, he has a lot of great information yeah. on there. So I would encourage you to go there and check out his other videos he has. Cool. Well, uh, once again, my apologies to Pastor Brian Broderson. Uh, it was a public failure on my part, so it's a public apology on my part. Please forgive me, and I know your character, you will. You probably already have. I, I know you, you already have, and I'm sorry, <laughs> Pastor Brian. Uh, that being said, um, let me pray. Okay. Lord, I, I'm, I'm grateful that um, love covers a multitude of sins, and love hopes all things, and Lord, what I didn't extend to Pastor Brian, Lord, you've extended to me, and, and Lord, I, I thank you that you are a God of forgiveness and mercy and grace and uh, you don't keep a record of wrongs and I'm, I'm grateful for the work that the body of Christ does and we're trying to figure this all out together so Lord uh, thank you for your, your mercy and Lord thank you that your grace has blessed us this night uh, I, I pray that uh, anything that uh, was a result of my actions if I'm, if I'm to resolve that Lord I will but Lord, thank you. And God, we thank you for uh, Robert Tyler and Advocates for Faith and Freedom and the work they're doing up and down the state and contending as we're watching the governor just continue to <laughs> run over the faith community. And I, I, I pray for our churches in the Conejo who have been playing by the rules and now he's, 
He's doing even greater damage to them. So please, God, protect them. Protect our faith community. Protect our, our schools, our Christian schools. Um, Lord, please. I thank you for the faithful folks who have tuned in and, Lord, that have supported all that has transpired. Bless them across the country. And, Lord, as we prepare for our hearing at the end of September, grateful for those who have availed themselves to be witnesses and to testify to this truth. And so, Lord, we commit all this to you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, the blessing. Uh, Real quick. Uh, uh, okay. So tomorrow it's 9, 11, and 1. And just so people don't get disappointed, at 9 o'clock last week we turned a couple people away. So the 1 o'clock is always the one that's a little bit more open. Yeah, 1 o'clock is open if you're worried about services. 9 and 11 are typically full. 9 is usually difficult, and we observe fire codes. Um, but we have ionization machines, uh, UV lights in the air systems, hand sanitizer, no mass required, no social distancing, uh, but we do observe fire codes. And uh, so if you're turned away, the one o'clock service has usually got yep. room. Yep. But uh, looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow, 9, 11, and 1. And then tomorrow night, I'll be broadcasting with Charlie at the 412 Church uh, down south. Mm-hmm. So tune in, mm-hmm. and I'm going to share the blessing with you tonight. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. All right. Well, God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow night and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm.